0: Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Efford. Hello, glad you could join us again today. We're continuing to talk about building the bridge of trust. And this week, we're, we're talking about things that are a, requ- a requirement to actually build trust or restore trust. Now, our text for this principle, and there's a lot of other verses that will apply, but I particularly love these two. Proverbs 18:19. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And, and that verse is not talking about some manipulative, I'm offended type of thing. It's talking about where there's actually been true hurt, true offense. Uh, something was done, it offended. That person, it's harder to win them than a strong city. So we want to avoid those types of situations because the Apostle Paul talked about the fact that you know none of us lives to ourselves or dies to ourselves. In other words, we're not an island off over to the side that functions independently of everyone else. No, we have to have human relations. And with that, there has to be a build, we have to build a bridge of trust with those that we interact with. Then Matthew 24, 12, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And again, if you would think about the word lawlessness there of being violating the laws of human interaction, it's bigger than that. But for the sake of what we're talking about, God established humanity to function a certain way. And and when you read the Bible, let me just give you an example. If somebody lies to you, the next time they're talking to you about doing something or participating in something, your level of trust will be lower. Why? Because they lied to you. If you lie it diminishes trust. That is a law of human interaction. Now, we've been told everybody has their own truth, and largely that has been designed so that people can lie. Hello, glad you could join us again today. Today we're going to conclude uh, talking about building a bridge of trust. Now, on doing the hard work to restore it, a lot of that hard work really is going to come down to dealing with our own emotions and having uncomfortable conversations. Now with this, our primary text throughout this series has been Matthew 24, 12. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Think of that especially in terms of breaking the laws of human interaction. Because there will be many people breaking the laws of human interaction, the love of many will grow cold. When the laws of human interaction are violated, Trust drops. When trust drops, love grows cold. Now with this, yesterday we began to talk about asking ourselves some questions in this. Where are our communities, cities, and our nation suffering from broken bridges of trust? Where is that? And, and at that point, um, I'm really wanting to deal with this in an honest way. Now, I understand that when I say this, there are segments of our society that right now, I don't trust them to give an honest assessment of anything. Just in all honesty, I do not trust them. They have violated the bridge of trust to such a degree. I'd be willing to sit down and talk to them, but at this point, their assessments I I couldn't accept at face value. There would have to be a conversation about that. But uh, I'm not talking about the rhetoric. Oh, the bridge you know, there's people just, you can't trust this, you can't trust that. And there is so much of that today. And that's not what I'm talking about. I, I am talking about at the grassroots level. I'm talking about, the level where people live, not the talking heads, not, not the political leaders. Um, I'm talking about the people. Where, where are the people feeling that those bridges of trust have been broken, have been destroyed? Again, you know, I, I talked yesterday about some of the cities, and I mentioned specifically L.A., Philadelphia, uh, Chicago, Uh, there are others. But there are large segments of those cities that they would have to feel that the government doesn't care about them. And at this point, I'm not talking about handouts. There needs to be handouts at times, but handouts are not a good policy. That's not how you do life over time. That may be in just a moment, but it has to be. It has to be to a different end, and even how you give that changes. You know, uh, I was uh, talking about a book from Aid to Trade. Um, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he's from Haiti. Great book. I would encourage you to get it and read it. You can Google the name Aid to Trade. Um, that he talked about how there was three things that really destroyed economies in nations number one is civil war infighting (laughs) we we don't have a literal civil war right now but we have a whole lot of infighting number two is corruption Lord have mercy I I think in my lifetime we are seeing more corruption right now than we have ever seen and to me uh, one of the bridges of trust is being whittled away because there's so many people that just want to sweep the corruption under the rug and not really deal with it because that person's on our side. We can't do anything to them, they're on our side. And that kind of nonsense has to go away. And, And the third way that you destroy an economy is aid, aid. And in that story, it's talking about Haiti how that Haiti, during uh, one of the the, uh, earthquakes, I believe it was 2010, that what happened, that uh, there was a gentleman that he had a factory producing hand sanitizer. But when the earthquake happened and all the aid came into Haiti, one of the things that was given to Haiti was hand sanitizer. That there was so much of it coming in because the the water was not good, and so it came in. So much hand sanitizer came in to the country that that factory had to close. All of its employees had to be let go because there was no market to sell hand sanitizer. So as a result of the aid, unemployment increased, business closed. You see, a lot of times figuring out how to help something, giving is good. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I believe in giving. But too often it's done in such a simplistic way that it creates destruction and that it really doesn't help the people We're intending to help. Creating a situation where, if you would, in that, that if those monies could have went into, let's supply that gentleman. Let's buy all the hand sanitizer he can make. Let him employ as many people as possible. Get people into work. Get them making a living. Let's lift up. The 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 condition of Haiti, rather than let's give them money, and all the jobs go away. I, I can remember the first time I ever went to Haiti, because I, I heard so many different things uh, about Haiti. And in and, and all honesty, one of the biggest comments was the, the people of Haiti were lazy. And as I'm looking around, uh, we arrived at the airport and we we're driving out to where we were going to stay. And I looked around and I thought, there's men standing around everywhere, nobody doing anything. And I thought, huh, maybe they are lazy. And then I thought, well, what could they be doing instead? And I started looking around, where's the businesses? Where are the jobs? And I realized what you have there is basically what America had during the Great Depression. There were no jobs. Very few businesses. They just weren't there. The only thing they could do was stand around. And, and the bottom line is, I began to see, as I, I was there almost two weeks. I began to look and I began to see that there, the jobs that were there were extremely hard labor jobs. But yet they were doing it. But... Only a few of them. There was only a few of those jobs. But people were doing things that people in America would not even dream of doing. It's just not enough jobs. And, and you see, at that point, so often compassion is looked at as, what am I willing to give? And and there is an element of truth to that. But when you're talking about on a societal level, we talked about justice and equality, that one of the principles is understanding justice and equality on a societal level at, at that point just giving somebody the money isn't a good deal that's where that's that's the program that's the policy that's not good they have to have jobs they have to have jobs and you see there are major portions of particularly in our cities that's that's a, just an easy example that there's such high unemployment in certain sectors that it it tends to lend itself toward violent crime c- drugs so forth and so on it it is just a boost to that where if economy and I know a lot of people don't uh, like Donald Trump and he very seldom gets a fair shake on his policies, but you know, in 2020, one of the stats that came out was is that he he got more minority vote than any Republican in 60 years. Now, a lot of people, you know, they went, "Wow!" Yeah, you know, but if you understood his tax policy. His tax policy, a lot of the tax breaks were for creating enterprise zones, creating jobs in the inner city. That was one reason that minority unemployment went down so much is because his tax policy put people to work. It put people to work. Violent crime dropped during that. Why? Because all those things are connected. And with that, you know, we've kind of reverted back to the old way of doing things again. And the, the, the same problems are recurring and cropping up again. We, we have to understand that policies have consequences. Policies have consequences. Now, when it comes to the the bridges of trust, who are the people on the different sides? Who are the people? And, and what's needed to rebuild that? See, especially in some of those cities, what really needs to be done is, is to give people the opportunity. The opportunity. And, and I'm not saying just, well, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. No, you you have to create a situation where it's easier for them to succeed. It's easier. You don't hand it to them. You don't just give it to them. But you create the situation because at that point, one of the biggest problems of our society right now is is the thinking that self-esteem comes from how other people function toward us. No, self-esteem comes from what I do. My own self-esteem comes from how I feel about myself and what I'm doing and what's happening. It, doesn't, it's, it can be impacted, but that's secondary to here. And the bottom line is, is when you give people the opportunity to work, to improve their lives, to contribute to their success... That's one reason America has been so prosperous is liberty gives the and the pursuit of happiness gives the opportunity to engage yourself in your outcome and because of that and, and there's times that people need help with that, a little bit of a platform, but you never remove you should never remove the need. For their participation. Because that's where self-esteem comes from. That's where healthy pride comes from. And that's where you can begin to get bridges of trust restored. And at that point, everybody is better off. You know, I encourage you to look around you, in your community, in your area. Who would it be good to sit down and have some conversations with? To begin to build a bridge of trust. There are people that I have reached out to in my community and we are endeavoring to do that. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. We need to be peacemakers not Division Creators. God bless you.